Welcome, this is Jessica Ortner and our time together is dedicated to feeling good within all of life's complexities. We'll be going on a wandering path, exploring topics like spirituality, productivity, and personal fulfillment. Because happiness is not a destination, it's an adventure. So welcome to Adventures in Happiness. Hey friends, welcome to this new episode. A quick update before we dive in with today's guest. I'm really thrilled to announce that my book is now available on Amazon. It's called The Tapping Solution to Create Lasting Change, a guide to get unstuck and find your flow. And in upcoming shows, I'll be talking a lot more about it, but I'll quickly tell you now that this book is about how we approach change. Change is difficult for everyone. Change that we don't like as well as change that we do like. Do you ever notice that you feel like you're sabotaging yourself or you take two steps forward and three steps back? Well, there is a reason why we hesitate and that's because of fear and the emotional reactions we have to changes in our lives. And when we can begin to use these incredible tapping meditations, we can find ourselves taking steps forward without the fear and with more ease. So what's exciting is right now during pre-launch, if you get the book, I have some great bonuses that are only available right now. So the first one is that I'm gonna be doing a live tapping training. So if you are new to tapping, this is a great place to start. If you are a tapping veteran, we're still gonna be covering uh, some amazing insights and some things I think you probably haven't heard before. And we definitely are gonna be having an experience and doing a lot of tapping. And if you get the book now, the other thing that I'm sharing are three incredible tapping meditations. Now these tapping meditations are for immediate download. So the first one is on overcoming stress and overwhelm. The second tapping meditation is connect to and trust your intuition. And the third is releasing self-doubt. So all these tapping meditations you can download immediately for free when you get the book and have an experience. So if you go to the tappingsolution.com forward slash notes and you see the notes for this podcast, I'll have a direct link there. You can also check it out on social media. Come on Instagram at Jessica Ordner or on Facebook. Look me up and you'll also find the links there. So don't miss out on this pre-launch Uh, And I hope to see you in the live tapping training. All right, so let's dive in to today's great episode. I often hear people say that they feel like their body is betraying them or that they were born unlucky with a body that doesn't support them. I know that that was a belief that I had for a very long time. So if you feel like one of the unlucky ones born into a body that's making life difficult, well, then I'm really happy you're here because you do have more power than you think. You're going to learn some simple protocols to support your body and mind, and these simple changes can make a big transformation. So our guest today is Naomi Whittle, and she has traveled the world immersing herself in the world's healthiest cultures. She's a New York Times bestselling author of Glow 15, and she was named by Prevention Magazine as the nation's leading female innovator in the wellness industry. And she's been featured um, on different TV shows like Dr. Oz and ABC News and Shape. She has a really fascinating story, and I was so excited to speak with her. I want to say quickly, and I think I do address this when we chat, 
I am not a fan of diets at all. Um, as many of you know who've read my book, The Tapping Solution for Weight Loss and Body Confidence, my obsession with dieting um, and restricting myself really was unhealthy and it backfired often and I would binge eat and I had a really difficult relationship with food. And when I started to look at the emotions around food and when I ate, it really began to make a big difference. That being said, Naomi does talk about the power of fasting, which I've experienced for myself. And although it might seem a little bit extreme if you're new to it, because fasting is really giving your body a break from eating f- some food, um, the health, the results are really amazing. And especially if you're suffering with different ailments, if you're having problems with fibromyalgia or inflammation or gut issues, this is something that's really worth exploring. And so as you listen to this interview, my hope for you is that you have an open mind and you allow yourself to be your own scientist. Try these things out. Notice how you feel, because if you do that, I assure you, like me, you're going to notice a really big difference. So without any further ado, here is Naomi. Welcome, Naomi. Thank you so much, Jessica, for having me on today. Well, thank you so much for coming. You know, I always hesitate when it comes to having health experts, because as we've talked about before, For me, I want to make it very clear that I don't believe in the fad diets or trying to push yourself to change, but I really do believe in creating a better relationship with your body and learning how your body works. And what I love about your work is you have incredible protocols, but you also are teaching us how to build a better relationship with our body. Um, and, and I know you have a great relationship with your body that you've, build, you've been building throughout the years, but it, oh, it wasn't always like that. I know that when you started out in life, you had a lot of health challenges. Can you tell us a little bit about your own health journey? Absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, we all come into this world with, with different um, strengths and then different opportunities for me, when I was born, uh, I was actually already at an autoimmune disadvantage. My mother uh, was very heavy and had struggled um, with her weight throughout her life. And so when I was born, I was born by C-section, which in and of itself is a challenge for the um, immune system and the microbiome. And I was born in Switzerland and it was 1974 when I was born. And my mother, there was an RH negative issue that we had, so our blood was not compatible, and I ended up having a complete blood transfusion when I was born. So those three things put me at a disadvantage even before you know I, I was exposed to food or anything like that outside of my mother's womb. And so from the time uh, I was conceived up until probably the past maybe four or five years, I have had um, a tremendous, tremendous fight to support my autoimmune health. And I've, you know, suffered from um, incredible bouts of eczema, and I've had to fight that. And so through that process, and, and, and more, you know, endometriosis, and so many different things. But through that process, what I've been able to learn has just been truly remarkable. And I've spent, you know, the past 20 years, plus of my life, really looking for those modalities, those lifestyles, those tools that I could add into my own life that could help to give me 
the the strength and the energy that I, you know, that I long for without the inflammation. And I'm, I'm just so delighted to be able to share any of the insights that I've gained over these years. I think a great place to start is to talk about, and I hope I'm saying this right, autophagy. Autophagy? Yes. Autophagy. You did a great job. I did it right. I've never heard of this until I started to read your work. And then I, it opened me up to this other world. You know, I learned that a scientist won a Nobel, a Nobel Prize for yes. the discoveries. Can you tell us about it and how it's impacted your journey? So it's very fascinating. This word, auto, phagy, auto, you can say it in all these different ways, but auto in Greek means self and phagy means to eat. So there's a, a process inside each and every one of our bodies where we literally have the ability to clean and eat away the toxicity, the debris, the leftover um, pollutants that that accumulate within our body. So we have this self-cleaning, self-detox process, and all we have to do in our life, because it slows down as we get older and is also impacted by the environment, by pollutants and so forth, all we have to do is gently and easily activate it. And so when, when I discovered, Jessica, that there was this process in my body and I learned about it, it was almost four years ago while I was in Calabria, Italy. So I travel all over the globe and I source and discover different ingredients from different parts of the world. And when I was in Calabria, I was actually sourcing the citrus bergamot fruit because it's been shown to help reduce um, the bad cholesterols and actually act as an antioxidant to improve our good cholesterols. And so many people are obviously concerned about their cholesterol numbers. And I don't like people to have to take, you know, any sort of medications unnecessarily, but I'm always looking to back up nature with the science. So I was in Calabria with a team of researchers and this beautiful citrus bergamot fruit. And one of the researchers was having me drink this this tea, the citrus like bergamot tea. And we drank three or four cups of it throughout the day as I was with her in her lab. And at the end of the day, I, I sort of jokingly said to her, you know, I've done this in Okinawa with, with uh, you know, the largest group of centenarians where we drink this green tea. But what's going on with this citrus bergamot tea? What's the, what's the secret here? And what she said to me is that she uses it on a daily basis to really activate her autophagy. And that's when I first learned about the word. You're like, you're what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't even like, you're way better at pronouncing it than I, it took me like a week to be able to get that <laughs> word down. <laughs> but, but I got so excited. And then I came back to the US and I'm like, okay, who else knows about this thing? And how else can I activate it? Do I drink the tea? I learned there are ways to activate it in our skin, to make our skin look younger and actually act younger and be younger. There are exercises we can do. There are foods that we can eat. There are practices of, you know, intermittent fasting and fasting that can really help it, which were all things that I was already doing for my autoimmune disorders. So I got really excited and, and started to put a program together for myself. One of the the elements that I find fascinating is the is looking at when we're eating. So when it comes to health, everyone talks about what to eat. And you really make a point that when we eat is also just as important. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. So for me, I grew up in Europe 
And so um, my mother's French, my father's English, and I would start most of my days either with porridge or with a chocolate croissant or something sweet and um, carbohydrate-y. And um, I, I didn't feel good. I never felt great. I always felt sluggish after that. I would get bloated and so forth. And um, what I learned through understanding autophagy and working with a whole team of researchers is that if you can start your day with fat first and carbohydrates at the end of the day, what that does is that immediately sets you into a completely different path. So you're balancing your blood sugar, you're keeping your insulin levels um, much more level, they're not going through those sugar spikes early in the day, and you're working with your own body and your own hormones so that you are more satiated, you feel better, you have more mental focus, and that's how the day starts. And then at the end of the day, um, when you're gonna have your carbohydrates, that's the time when the carbs really help to repair um, any sort of, like if you were exercising early on in the day, they help to repair your muscles. When you take your carbs at the end of the day, and I'm talking about high quality, you know, complex, good carbs. Um, when you take them at the end of the day, they also help to really, you know, create that early stage of, of getting sleepy. They help to relax you. And so timing to me is as important, if not more important, than what it is that you're that you're eating. So when is huge? Let's talk about fat first. Can you give us some examples of a breakfast, you know, an ideal breakfast with fat? Yes, because uh, we in my house eat those breakfasts all the time. So fat first, and in, in my book, Glow 15, I've got, I don't know, I think I have like 15 or 20 different um, fat first recipes. But what I like to do is I love to start um, with fat first being in, let's say I have these recipes that are called avocado glows. So they all have a base of avocado and then you can add an egg to them. You can add, uh, you know, some smoked salmon, some cream cheese, but the more fat you can get earlier in the day, the better you're going to feel for the rest of the day. Definitely. And what I like about this is it's something that you can so easily experiment with and you can tell the difference. Like you, it doesn't take long to begin to notice how your energy changes when you start with fat first. And so I also just really encourage the listeners to not do this because Naomi says to do it, but to give it a try as an experiment and begin to notice how your body feels different. And then it becomes easier and we look, you know, we look forward to those things that make us feel better. It, it's so true. I uh, actually, it's it's funny because I was sitting um, in the office with my CFO, and um, he's been. Uh, he was just telling me literally thirty minutes ago um, how passionate he and his entire family is about understanding how activating autophagy is so important. And what I mean by that for him, his name is Bill Stevens. He in the past six months has lost over seventy pounds of toxic fat on his body. And he's done that by following the principles um, in the Glow 15 lifestyle. It's not, you know, I don't believe in diets. I never have and I never will. And this lifestyle is what's really transformed his life. He's actually, today, he's on his second day of a five-day water fast and he has autoimmune issues like I do. So 
it's never, you know, it's, it's, it's never too late to really sort of turn our lives around and we can do it in ways that are easy, not complicated, and just part of a lifestyle instead of trying to deprive ourselves. And when you give yourself fat first, you're never depriving yourself. Right. I like to think about it as we need to be our own researchers, our own scientists when it comes to our own body. And when we take that approach, we can experiment with things and notice what makes us feel better. So I love the concept of fat first. It's something that I do as well. And you already brought up fasting. So let's dive there. So there is, you talk, you just mentioned a very long water fast, but something that you recommend starting with is intermittent fasting. What is that? Great. So intermittent fasting is something that I've, I, so I've been fasting for probably about 25 years, um, really for my autoimmune health, because it's one of the best ways for me to have the energy and also reduce inflammation. Around five years ago, uh, I was with, I, I spend a lot of time with different researchers and I was with one of my friends, um, Dr. Steve Anton, and the research that different universities were doing at that time was really on how many hours do we need to fast to get the, the, you know, the best benefits, like what's the shortest amount of time to get the most, the 80-20 principle. And what was discovered at that time was if you can fast for 16 hours, so I like to look at it as scheduled eating. So if you're eating for eight hours, you have an eight-hour eating window, and then you're not eating for 16 hours, that's considered an intermittent fast. And in my book, Glow 15, what I love to recommend is doing that every other day. And that's a really nice way to activate your autophagy. It's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, this back and forth, breathing in and breathing out. And you keep doing that. And then a lot of people say, hey, I want, I want to intermittent fast every day or every, you know, four days in a row. And, and that's fine, too. But you recommend it to start with every other day. Right. So for someone who's never fasted in their lives and they want to try it. My first recommendation is to not necessarily jump right into it. The first thing I recommend for everyone is to stop eating processed sugars. That's I give myself a week to do that. And then at the end of that week, that's when I start to really reduce the carbohydrates in my diet. So fat first, carbs last. So I do the timing, but I get my carbs to a much, much, much lower number. And I focus on my carbohydrates really coming from uh, fruits and vegetables versus, you know, the breads and the grains. So I move off of all of that. That's in week two. And as I'm moving off of all those carbohydrates, I'm increasing my good fats. So I'm, I'm bringing in macadamia, nuts, olives, olive oil. Um, I, I eat meat. And so I'm eating the grass-fed, you know, very fatty meats. So as you reduce your sugar, you increase your fat, your body is starting to become adapted to the fat. And then I start to incorporate the intermittent fasting. So I usually take a couple of weeks for people who have never done it before. And you mentioned it's eight hours of eating and 16 hours of not eating. Can you, what do you find is the ideal way to fit that into our schedule? So like when do you tell people to stop eating and when they should start? Is there is there a certain time frame that you find is the most helpful for people? Definitely. Um and the most well, let me let me clarify. Whatever meal 
is the meal that you are most inclined to not eat uh, is usually how I try to make it work. So for me, I never really cared about breakfast. And I, you know, I just was happy to be able to eliminate eating during those hours. So I stopped eating, in my case, I'll stop eating by 8 p.m. And then I'll start eating at noon the next day. And when I do start eating, I start with fat first. Um, there are a lot of people that want to, you know, remove their dinner. So they, they stop eating after lunch and they go from, you know, 2 p.m. until the morning. And then they have breakfast and lunch and those and that's their eight hour window. Right. So for someone who's listening and they might be a little skeptical or think, well, of course you'll lose weight because you're eating less. Um, can you tell us really what's going on when we give ourselves these longer gaps? What's happening in our body? So the reason I fast is solely to act. Well, there's a couple of reasons, but the main reason is to give my body the opportunity to activate the autophagy. So it's activating that youth inside of the cell. Um, that's the main reason for me. And then, of course, there are all of the other benefits, the anti-inflammatory benefits, the increased energy. When you're fasting, you're, you know, you're actually using ketones for fuel. So there's a mental focus. And, and you know, there's data that's coming out now that when we use our own fat in our own body for fuel and we and we have these ketone bodies, they're almost like a fourth macronutrient. And a ketone body is the brain's preferred fuel. So there's so many advantages um, that have nothing to do with weight or weight loss. I don't lose weight when I intermittent fast, um, but I gain energy. And so if there's a day that I don't do it, I know that I'm not going to have the same level of focus and energy as a day um, when I do, in fact, do it. And, and look, as humans, if we think about it, for thousands and thousands of years, we have naturally been fasting. It's in every single religion, and there's a reason for it. And, and you know, we are either in a state of feasting or in a state of famine, and that's our natural biological way to be the most healthy. Hmm, that makes sense. And um, is there a difference between, actually, let me back up, because I heard you say once that if you're really suffering, then you're doing it wrong. If someone's oh, yeah. really suffering, like this is the worst thing, Naomi, they're, they're like yelling our names so mad at us for giving them this <laughs> idea. Um, if they're suffering, what is it that they could be doing wrong and how can they make it easier? Oh, it's such a good, good question, right? So as I was sitting with my CFO, Bill, this afternoon, this is his third or fourth five-day water fast. And he's on day two, as I mentioned. And he was saying to me, you know what, Naomi, this is the easiest fast I've done so far. And I smiled because I know he is, his body is so much more fat adapted. He's not having those insulin spikes that he was having um, before he was starting to get it into this healing cycle. So I feel very strongly that um, fasting should be something that is easy and it should be something that you actually, when you're in tune with your body, it's something that you're looking forward to. So if it's not that, then you probably just need to slow down and do it um, a little bit more, um, just at a different pace. Right. 
Right. I notice my brother Nick fasts all the time and he has just had such incredible results with it. I've definitely done intermittent fasting, but I sometimes look at, and both my brothers fast, and sometimes I see what they're able to do. And I don't know. I just sometimes intuitively feel like as a woman, go it's not always the best. Like not the, the fasting part, but doing it the same as say a man would. Is that... Is there any truth to that? That's just like my intuitive feeling. But is there a difference between how men react to how women react? I think it's a great question, Jessica, that you ask. And, uh, you know, I asked that question of probably about 80 different experts when I was filming um, my, my new docuseries, The Real Skinny on Fat. And we looked at, you know, the ketogenic lifestyle, healthy fats, fasting, and so many of the researchers have uh, got tremendous amounts of data around fasting in general. But when you look at the two genders, there's really no um, human clinical studies that support any sort of um, point of view um, at all at this point. So I think, you know, to the point that you were making, my observation is that it has mostly to do with being fat adapted. And um, certainly as women, our hormones are different, but we can first remove the processed sugar, then remove the simple carbohydrates and, um, and the grains and the things um, and that, are, that, are, that may be holding us back from becoming you know, really able to use fat as a primary source of fuel. And we can slowly and gently build into that. Then I think, you know, each and every person, you have to sort of look at that and see what works for you. But right now, there's not the conclusive data one way or the other. It's just you have to focus on what's best for your own health, but give yourself a large enough chance to really explore it. Yes, that makes sense. Uh, you mentioned it before about how one of the first steps is to cut out processed sugar. And I want to take a moment to talk about that because it's easy to say, not the easiest thing to do. I know um, for many, that's a very big hurdle. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that it's not only about taking away, but it's also about adding those fats and that makes it easier. Can you tell us about the process of getting off processed sugars and how to make that easier? Yes. And I'm the perfect example because uh, for me, it took me a long time to get off of processed sugar, right? Um, I, like so many of the rest of us, was completely and totally addicted to sweets. And so the way that I was able to finally uh, embrace fats more than sugars was by slowly but surely giving myself the satiating fats instead of the sugars. And I'll give you a perfect example. So the cravings for sugars are, at least in my body, were so great. So when I would have a craving, I couldn't just start feeding myself fat because I would still have that like psychological craving for the sweetness. So what I started to do was make like these little fat bombs. We'd make them at home and we'd use monk fruit um, instead of sugar. So I just slowly but surely started replacing the sugar I never, I never was taking something away from myself, replacing the sugar with the fat. And then I would use um, like monk fruits, as I mentioned, um, sometimes I would be using a little bit of stevia. I would use these 
alternative sweeteners to help me get over the sugar. And then I just would start to wean myself off of those. So it's like a step-by-step process. Right. I remember when I um, went through my journey of of cutting out sugar and taking it more seriously, what was my savior was peppermint tea with a bit of stevia. That made it a lot easier. And then then the other side of it is just knowing that the craving wasn't me, right? So I associated like the more that I wanted it was a bigger reason why I didn't want to be controlled by this anymore. So like the meaning, I gave my craving a meaning. Like every time I really had this craving, it was like this craving is showing me why doing this is so important because I don't want to feel like a slave to this anymore. And it's a real addiction. I think you put it really well. I, you know, we, we look at addiction, alcoholism, drug addiction, and you think about the opiate issues that we have in today's society. You look at all of this and um, we take it very seriously. And yet we're all addicted. Most, most people in the country are addicted to sugar. And, and we kind of joke about it and blow it off. But our addictions are fed, you know, throughout the day with the different sweeteners. And so I like what you said about, you know, taking it seriously, incorporating the peppermint tea, having these tools to help you to help you get off of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so another thing that I find really interesting is you have this amazing background of of researching and knowing a lot about supplements. And we know that we want to incorporate more fats in our lives. We might get certain information and we have good intentions but the products aren't always out there, or at least they're a bit misleading. And this always makes me so angry. It kind of reminds me of diet food. When, when things say diet and people think that if they eat it, they'll lose weight and the opposite happens because it's full of sugar. Um, right. Oftentimes, some of the supplements that we take can also not be as good for us as we thought. Uh, can you tell us about this and what we should be aware of? Uh, such a good question. And, and you know, a personal um, obsession for me because when I was really reducing the eczema in my body, I did it through Chinese medicine and I did it through acupuncture, which was fabulous. But ultimately, those Chinese herbs that I took um, poisoned my body and I had high levels of a variety of different heavy metals in my body from those little Chinese herbs. And that had a huge impact on my health and on my well-being. And so I kind of, in that moment, just took stock in, in, in my future and said, okay, I need to figure out where things are coming from and understand so that I never get, you know, as a consumer, tricked in this way. And look, it may not have been intentional, but regardless, I still was a loser on the other end. And so uh, when I, I started building nutritional brands and companies um, many years ago in 2009 when I built a company by the name of Reservage and I started it in um, the southern part of France with the French red wine grape because that's where you could get um, beautiful levels, higher levels of the different antioxidants like resveratrol. But I also decided that I wanted to be able to bring collagen into the U.S. market And so I had known for so many years, having spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia, about the power of collagen and what it does for, you know, the joints, the bones, the skin, every part of our bodies 
And we are really primarily deficient um, of it in this country because we've gone down that low fat, no fat craze, you know, no skin, no bones, none of that. And um, I wanted to bring it so, so much into the U.S. market in 2009. But the Asian market, when I went there, there was just no way I would be comfortable ever bringing those kind of products here to the U.S. And so I ended up sourcing my ingredients here in the U.S. and then also in Germany. But I had to have gone through that, that poisoning to then have the understanding that you know, supply chain, where things come from is so critical. So for anybody that's, you know, listening and wondering, how do you figure out what's good and what's not? It's important to find a couple of brands that you like, and then spend a little bit of time being, like you said, your own scientist, call the companies, find out where they get their ingredients, ask them to see their certificate of analysis, confirm that there are no heavy metals, in the products, it seems like a lot of work up front. But then once you know that like the ethos, the principles of that company, you can feel really good about any product um, that you purchase from them. I like to look for trademarked ingredients. That usually means there's science. Um, I'm getting ready to do another documentary really around the truth about supplements because I think, you know, as consumers, we just we need to have an understanding. Yes, absolutely. I try to avoid everything, any supplements that say made in China after hearing so much about the problems with heavy metals. Is that a smart strategy or are there things coming out of China that are very pure and good? That's a very smart strategy and it's um, one that I definitely recommend. There are some things coming out of China that are good. And that are good quality, but unless unless you know, and that's a difficult thing to know, um, it's best to try to you know get your ingredients from other sources. But also understanding if you're if you're using herbs, a lot of times the soil has heavy metals in it, and so they're absorbing those higher levels of heavy metals. Right. So are there? I know we we should do our own research. Um, but, and I know you have incredible brands, so obviously anything we find on your website um, is trusted and, you know, you've done the background check. Are there, is there an, one or two other brands that really stand out to you as being very clean? Yes. Oh, yeah, there are, there are several brands. So from a herbal perspective, I like the brand Gaia. Yeah. G-A-I-A. I like, um, I like there are some other brands that I do really like. Um, it just depends. Um, well, like I, I helped to develop uh, with Twin Lab this great um, Omega Flash Frozen Alaskan Omega. So I love that. I love that that particular product. Um, I think that there are some good there's some good products in brands like New Chapter. Mega Foods has some nice brands, um, has some nice products as well. So it's just about finding three or four uh, brands that you like. But the ones that are, you know, maybe the most popular in social media, they may or may not be great. It's, it's a little bit more difficult in today's climate to find the good brands. Right. And you don't normally find them at your local pharmacy or your grocery store. Correct. 
So, Naomi, this has been a really fascinating conversation. Uh, We've covered so much. And I'd love to wrap up here with asking you just a few questions I like to ask all new guests. Um, So my first question for you is, was there something in your life that when it happened, it seemed pretty horrible, but then it ended up becoming a big blessing? Yes. And I was just actually um, answering that particular question this morning um, and sharing it with the audience um, that's, you know, looking at the real Skinny on Fat docu-series that we we have launching online right now um, that's for free. And and the, the question is great. So about three years ago, I was 30,000 feet up in the air with my four-year-old little guy. And um, we were on our very first, you know, mother-son vacation. We've been planning it for weeks. And I was holding him and he was in my lap and he was sleeping. And I felt this warm, wet sensation. And I picked him up and I looked at him and he was starting to have a seizure. And uh, we had to do an emergency landing in the plane. It was the worst 40 minutes of my life. And we ended up, I wasn't sure if he was going to make it. It was that, it was the worst day of my whole life. And he was in a coma for four days uh, while we were at the hospital. And during that time, I reached out to a variety of different, um, you know, experts and MDs and PhDs and asked them, you know, what, what can I do for my son? How do I make sure this never happens again? And it ended up being the very best experience because what they told us is that he needed to go on a high fat diet. He needed to go on a ketogenic diet. And we started to incorporate that into our life. And, you know, he's, he's, he's a big boy now. He's had no more seizures. He loves eating fat. And he, through that a situation changed our entire family's lives and so many other people's. So that's a perfect example. Wow, it is. And with that, before I go to my next question, I'd love to learn a little bit more about The Real Skinny on Fat, because this is a an incredible opportunity since it is free for people to experience. Yeah. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so my son Christian is really what um, motivated his experience and, and what we went through is what really motivated me to to create The Real Skinny on Fat. And so what I did with The Real Skinny on Fat is I interviewed over 80 experts around the ketogenic diet, healthy fats. Like, why are we in this country at 60% either overweight or obese? Why do we suffer so much from these diseases relating to to um, being overweight? You know, it's some some of the cancers, uh, diabetes, uh, neurodegenerative diseases. I mean, what is happening? What have, what are we doing wrong in this country? And so these experts really take us through this journey. And um, anyone who wants to watch it, I just wanted, I didn't want any other family to have to suffer the way my own family did. So um, that's why this docuseries was created. And it's simple. You just have to type in therealskinnyonfat.com. And then you give your email address and it starts, it launches on uh, the 17th of this month and it will go for nine nights in a row and you can you can watch any of these experts. 
And I've been able to get a glimpse of it and it is fascinating and very, very well done. So I really recommend that everyone who's listening does that and I'll put the link directly in the notes. So the, the tappingsolution.com forward slash notes, you'll find that there. And Naomi, the next question is, uh, it's a bit silly. Um, it's a playful <laughs> one. <laughs> if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? Oh, that's such a fun question. Well, um, I'd probably be, I could be any animal. I'd probably want to be a tiger because I love how quickly tigers move and I love the the way that they just sort of um, command and, and live. And I, I just think they probably have a great time. I love that. I, I agree. I think they're having a great time. King of the jungle. Um, <laughs> wonderful. Naomi, thank you again so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. Jessica, it was awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Mm-hmm.